Welcome to Fueling the Revenue Engine. My name is Roz Greenfield, co-founder and chief enablement officer at Level 213. This podcast was created as a response to requests that we've gotten from the enablement community looking for resources to support them as they navigate this evolving landscape of enablement. As we look to the future of our profession, we believe that this is a great time to connect with other enablement leaders for discussions that take a closer look at relevant enablement topics. It's our hope that this podcast provides insight, guidance, and support to the go-to-market enablement and sales leadership community during both prosperous and challenging times alike. We're coming to you from San Francisco, California, where we are in the middle of figuring out what the impact of the coronavirus will be now and in the long term. For the immediate future, we are still under a shelter-in-place order here, which means that we're using conferencing technology instead of studio sessions to put this podcast together. As such, please excuse any fluctuations in our audio. Enablement exists to accelerate the productivity of the revenue generating teams. Full stop, that's the, that's the purpose. And the function really grew out of the need to enable and train sales teams in a dynamic on-demand world as companies were really facing increasing competitive pressure and buyer expectations and buyers having more knowledge as they look for information from, from or look to purchase from, from sellers. So since we started doing this podcast a few months ago, we've always wanted to get the AE perspective and really hear firsthand from somebody who's in the trenches, who's actively carrying a bag in today's unprecedented sales market. So today I'm really thrilled to welcome my friend and our guest, Taylor Gilbert, who's a strategic AE at Contentful. And what we're gonna be talking about is what salespeople in the trenches need from enablement today, really in order to be productive as salespeople, but also taking into account the dynamic market that we're in. So welcome, Taylor. Thank you for taking the time to have this conversation. How are you holding up in this um, not-so-new normal that we find ourselves in? The, the not-so-new normal is unfortunately getting more and more normal. Right. <laughs> but, but no, we're, we're doing okay. We're coming off a, a decent quarter and then looking right. into the rest of the half, wondering how we're going to climb out of this, right? Yeah, yeah. All that said, you know, we're healthy, we're happy. So uh, things, are, things are pretty good in our world, all things considered with uh, the world falling apart at the moment. Yeah, I'm really happy to hear that you're healthy and happy. And I'm happy to hear that you had a good quarter because selling today, which we're gonna get into is, is tough today. So, and I think one of the things that I've learned through this whole experience is that being healthy and, ha and, th and happy is the first and most important thing and everything else is a means to an end. So really happy that you're, that you're there and that we, you, you've seen some success on the sales sites too. So we can hear a little bit more from your perspective. So I really wanna start with like, what is the reality of selling today? How have things shifted over the past few months since, I don't know, I would say probably like March or April um, compared to what things were pre the world falling apart? Yeah, pre-worlds, pre pre-COVID, pre-everything pre else, you know, I really feel like things were semi-predictable mm. and there were patterns that we were used to. Um, there was some sense of consistency. Yeah, an expectation of where we were going to go, but I but right now, at least in my world and in, in sales and the customers I deal with, there's just a lot of unknowns. Like yeah. we're, we're we're venturing into the unknowns, and it happens both internally at your company, right? Like yeah. contentful, we're like, are we going to have marketing budget this quarter? Should we spend marketing this quarter? 
what should we do here or there? And, it, and it's really unknown. And what's funny is like, our customers are not different than us. Yeah. They're having those same conversations. There's they're no going playbook to, for this. Yeah, they're, they're sitting out there wondering, what, are we gonna have budget? Are we gonna have layoffs? How are we going to do this? And there's a lot of unknowns on their end. And so I think, uh, you know, the biggest thing that I've seen is <laughs> kind of these unknowns, right? Um, and while there's a lot of unknowns internally and externally, on the other side, there's, there's some very clear initiatives and mm. there's some clear fires that need to be put out. Mm. So it's kind of funny, while there's been a lot of gray area around your traditional buying cycles and how, there's, how those were going to go, what you would forecast in for the year, that kind of stuff. On the other side of things, there's some customers and people out there that have burning problems that they need yeah. to solve right now and that's it just popped up that didn't exist in january or february yeah it didn't exist or maybe it existed and it was kind of like a kicking the tires moment and now yeah. it's like okay we need to light this fire or pour some water on it and get out so there's been some clarity in in that regard yeah yeah and that's, that's really interesting it's like you have two sides of the coin you have the uncertainty and nobody really knowing the playbook and you know i i sold in you know the downturn of the economy but it, 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 it's a different playbook right there are certain things i can learn from that and could apply today but there, there wasn't a global pandemic then right we were in a recession people have been in a recession before now we have a global pandemic with a recession and are we open are we not open we're, we're recording this in a time when some communities open back up again and now they're going back they're going they're closing down again and it's like how long are we going to stay open and so nobody really knows like what is the buyer going to resonate with or, or or not resonate with and what are those big fires that they have to take out that they have to do either to survive or to keep their business moving. So yeah, it's, that's, that's a really interesting th a place to be in of not being able to have the consistency and the predictability of what your company is going through, but also to understand what your buyers are, are going through and needing. And that could change from day to day, right? Like, Oh, it's crazy. I, mean, I was talking to a customer this morning or a potential customer and uh, the challenge that they're having at their business, they're, they're a massive retailer and they have, you know, retail locations in most of uh, the countries in the world. And they're sitting there and wondering, yeah, we, we have no idea what's going to be open and what's not going to be open yeah. for the place. Like, so we don't know necessarily who's going to get what, where, what we can depend on. And they, they mentioned that word survival a few times. And what was interesting about that too was, you know, as we're having this call, this is also another one of the changes in today's world you know, we're having this call about the survival of one of these massive brands and organizations. And they're, they're talking about that while a cat is walking across mm -hmm. in the background of mm -hmm. one of these people's yeah. zooms, right? Yeah. And so the other point here that I think is uh, pretty interesting about this world today is, you know, you have some things absolutely on fire while at the same time, people are just getting way more human. Yeah. And like, these, this, the buying process is getting more humanized. Mm. The, um, how we talk to each other is becoming more humanized. Like when I mentioned the consistency and kind of the formal process, you know, I'm getting into conversations now where people are like, yeah, my kid just threw up on me. Yeah. So hold on, give me five yeah. minutes and we need to do this. And it, it, it kind of just tears this barrier down that wasn't necessarily there before. Yeah. You know, by that interesting Cause I think, you know, at the end of the day, people buy from people, right? Yes, they buy the product, but they buy from people. And this is forcing us to be human, right? So I'm really curious how that is impacting the cycle or the process in general. 
Well, I mean, so now, so now you're getting, now we're getting philosophical, right? Cause now it's live <laughs> because you know, all of a sudden, you know, you have a, a decent personal relationship and you're, you're in your customer's house. Now you're not at their yeah. office. You're yeah. in their house. And they're in your house. <laughs> they're in your yeah. house. So you better have a good background with the cat, with, with the cat. Yeah. And you yeah. better hope that they're cat people. Yeah. But then on the other side too, you're also living in people's personal worlds, which means mm. they have, they're homeschooling their kids. Everybody's yeah. sharing the internet, right? Yeah. And like some people don't have multiple computers or things like this and all this time. Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the trends that I, I think many people have talked about over the years is, you know, going from, you know, one person making a unilateral decision and, you know, focus on that person and get the PO signed into this other world of buying by committee where you have a ton of different buyers. And now you have all of those different buyers all at home. Yeah. With families with potentially terrible situations in today's world that you don't know about and yeah. you don't have the boundaries of that. Or, and, and yeah, it's hard to get that attention. It's hard to multi-thread your deals. It's hard to yeah there and understand the the political dynamic anymore are, are there politics you know yeah. that you'd be aware of I, who knows yeah and sometimes i just send notes to make sure i get i don't get bounce backs that mm -hmm. yeah fire, right? they still work or do, that's another thing of the uncertainty is like these people still have jobs or yeah yeah it's really hard and i think you know, like to your point, they're, we're in their homes and they're in our homes and, you know, with so much more human, and I've been listening to a lot of um, sales calls and coaching salespeople through this. And what I notice is we always start as humans, we've always started calls like, how are you? But I think now people actually really mean it and they ask it. And I also see that the conversation to get to whatever the business call is, is taking longer, even if it's only two or three minutes, because we genuinely, the one thing that we all have the entire world has in common right now is this shared experience. And that's such a unique thing. We don't usually have that. And I think if you can capitalize on that as a salesperson, you're really going to be able to build that rapport. And while we were not shaking hands and going into people's offices or taking them out to dinner, we we're all in the shared experience, whether we have a kid or a cat, it doesn't really matter as much. We all have this COVID thing, right. And the, and the aftermath of it, which is not something that normally happens. And we all understand that it's a really interesting thing to think about when you're selling and also when you're enabling selling people that, that this is what's happening to the entire world. Yeah. I mean, com completely. And I think, you know, we'll talk about this a little bit later, but you know, an interesting dynamic here, we, we just had our end of quarter and I had a deal forecasted for this past quarter and I wasn't getting a response from somebody for nearly two weeks and they were getting close to, um, missing our deadline and we did miss our deadline and when they finally got back on the phone with us they said hey really sorry i had a family member pass from covid and so really? yeah. you're just getting to this place where it, it is yeah. getting very human and very um very real you know but you know your sales managers they don't know don't sure. find somebody else to sign that darn thing yeah. but but it is you know and, and i think that isn't something that is I'm not going to say nice. It's not a nice thing, but it is a different experience that I think I've missed of having a genuine interaction with somebody yeah. Yeah. that is beyond this transactional level of like legitimately saying like, how are you? Like, yeah. How are you? Yeah. What's going on in your world? What's happened the last three months? How are you preparing for the next six months? Do you walk the dog at this time of day? And can we schedule our call before yeah. or after that? Yeah. 
Yeah, or I don't mind if you're walking the dog when we talk, for example. Like that might be the conversation. Yeah, that's actually really interesting. And I think too, when if if for some reason they can't talk to you right now, whether it's you know, some there's a family member that has COVID or they they can't spend money today, if you are human with them when life goes back to quote unquote normal, they're gonna remember that, right? And they're gonna you're gonna get business from it from it then too. And I think you have to you have to keep that in mind. And it's interesting when you're, when we're having this conversation, I'm thinking people always ask me like, what's your best, your favorite sales book to recommend? And there's so many sales books. And the one I always go to is to sell this human by Daniel Pink, because at the end of the day, to sell is human. And if you are, if you show up as a human being and today more than ever, then you will do so much better in sales. than if you, you know, follow any other sales, you know, rule or, or, or methodology and they're all important, but it's about being human and that's what gets people to uh, relate and gives you success. And I think if we can take that, we, we can see positives in a, in a, in a difficult time. Yeah, that's a really interesting point. I'm going to check that book out. Okay. So moving kind of things along until shelter, shelters in place, I know that the selling team at Contentful was predominantly going into the office and then I know that you, there was, you were in the process of kind of transitioning to a hybrid field and inside sales culture. Obviously, since shelter in place, the entire team is an organization, not only the sales team, but the organization has moved to a remote workforce. So how has been fully re- being a fully remote workforce impacted your selling experience? There's, it's, it's hard to think back to the days. But yeah, so Contentful had historically been it inside sales kind of company but we would travel to our customers and at least in my role i was on the road at least around two weeks a month meeting with customers and flying out and going to a dinner sitting down in rooms and feeling out the organization but i did move remote around six minutes six months prior to covid and so i've had some experience there but i i can even say that it's changed like being remote first was was one thing, and then remote post COVID, yeah, really different too. So I, I think I can talk more to that. So there's so there's some goods, right? Like if I think on the personal level in my life, you know, I'm able to control my time, and I'm able to be way more efficient and productive by my own standards mm. um, in this remote world. I.e. I'm not waking up in the morning, working out, then getting on a bus and then taking the bus to a location, getting in, you know, talking to your coworkers for a super long time and kind of chit-chatting, starting a task, getting distracted, coming out, doing a call here and there. When I'm working remote and I'm with myself, I'm able just to hammer things out and be pretty efficient there. And I think a lot of people would probably say that, right? Yeah. They're able to do these things that they normally do. And, and that's great. But on the other side, I, what I've noticed even being remote and then post COVID remote is uh, I'm, I'm missing a lot of knowledge happening at our company mm. that I would normally know to a certain degree. Mm. And things like, hey, we're going to be coming out with this at that time. Oh, I talked to that person and they had a really good way to overcome that challenge by doing this. A lot of that hallway. Like the tribal conversations and the tribal knowledge sharing. Yeah, tribal knowledge sharing, the the tips in between the hallways or overhearing somebody or or even being inspired by somebody that just had a good call. Maybe you just had a bad one. Yeah. But somebody just nailed it. And like there's a little bit of that energy that you just missed too. Yeah. Yeah. Or hearing the gong being rung or something. Yeah. 
yeah, or, or some of that maybe, you know, pressure and competitiveness that get your juices flowing that you don't have. And so post-COVID world, nobody has access to that anymore. Yeah. I could talk to people that were still at the home base of the company and kind of hear what's going on, what's working, that kind of thing. But in a post-COVID world, nobody has access to that. So you'll find, at least in my experience, what I'm seeing is a lot of people just kind of trying to figure it out on their own. Mm. And, some, and some are successful and some aren't. I wouldn't say that there's a common denominator yet. And so, you know, in a post-COVID world, I'm, from an internal perspective of knowing what's happening at the company and that emotional level, um, that's kind of there. Now on the, on the customer side of things and my relationship with customers, like I got to realize I'm one of 59 salespeople now emailing my customer, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, yeah. now yeah. we're all doing it. Yeah. Uh, and, and now I'm also like just a face on zoom. Yeah. Cause you guys, you were on a plane a lot, right? You were at dinners a lot. You were shaking hands. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to say like, you know, in January alone, I may have spent like four days in my house. Yeah. Like with, with everything going on. And, uh, so it's, it's definitely weird and I'm at a disadvantage trying to get things done, you know, with my customers. Cause you just know, like, who's trying to get promoted where and who owns what decision. And if they do this, can they get why? And you're also able to establish rapport to ask for things. Yeah. And that's just not something that's possible now. Yeah. And if you're not having, if your HQ is not having those conversations, neither is the buyer's HQ, right? It's much harder also. So there might not be in as much of the no and, and be able to, you know, move you through. And especially when you're selling, a, you know, larger deals like you sell. And we talked earlier about selling by committee. I don't know. I have to check what legal is going to think about, or I have to get with our, you know, security team. And, and it, we're not, I can't walk down the hallway and find the guy, right. Or, or, or go to lunch with them. Totally. I mean, it's a crack up on the buying end. Like, you know, some, some of my customers and buyers, they've changed their procurement processes. Mm. Recently, and there was like an initiative there. And while you're trying to get a deal done, nobody has any idea who owns this new procurement technology and how does it work? Who yeah. do I have to call? Like, you can't walk into people's, my buyers can't walk into people's offices, their colleagues and be like, Hey, can we sit down and like talk about this contentful thing? Like I'm yeah. going to do this part while you do this part. No, you know, I was doing this one deal and uh, you know, we were working weekends and I was having my buyer have to share their screen with the procurement people to show mm -hmm. them like, what mm -hmm. to click on and like all this stuff. And so it's a, it's a, it's a def definitely a different world in that regard. And uh, yeah, it's, it's turned on its head. And I think, you know, for, for people that are in enablement listening to this, I think they really have to be thinking about all those things that you mentioned, you know, making sure that the team has the knowledge that they need. And I think things are changing from day to day, from week to week. I think it's probably calmed down a little bit, but things are so dynamic. So how are you making sure that everybody has the latest and greatest information and also know where to ask the questions? I think when people are sitting alone at home, they don't even know, to, like, who do I even ask? And I can't, like, tap the shoulder of the person sitting next to me. And, or I don't want to bother anybody because I know there's so much going on. So making sure that there's a place that, that they can go to and be thinking through all uh, the realities of all these things that a salesperson is dealing with from their home environment to, and the benefits too. Maybe they're going to work at seven o'clock in the morning rather and, and go for, you know, a, a jog in the afternoon to get out. 
but also what's going on on their buyer side and making sure that they have the resources and the knowledge that they need. So it's really, really insightful to hear what the reality is of, um, for someone like yourself. So what have you learned so far? Like, you know, you talked a little bit about what, do you, what, what has worked? What do you, what has been something that you meant to say, like, I've never done this before, but I'm going to start or, and on the other flip coin, like what's still a struggle? I think I'll start on the external side. Like if I'm talking to a customer, like never have I had to be so direct mm. in this moment than I have in the past. And I think that's something I've learned that I could probably bring in a post COVID world too. What do you mean by that? So when you're, when you're going through a sales process, there are times that maybe you, you talk a little bit longer about things that they may not want or need, but are nice that you think are really shiny and cool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in this COVID world, my buyers don't have time. Yeah. Quite frankly, like, I don't have time to do all this other stuff that sales leadership is pushing on you or whatever it may be. And nobody's really got time. Mm. And I've had to just be extremely direct with people. Hey, do this. It will get you that. Mm. Hey, kind of like bottom line it. Yeah. And, and be really clear with it and also change the way I communicate. Like, I would say, I know people talk about this too, but I have all my buyers on text messages now because they are on their computers all the time, but it's weird. My buyers just started texting me like for things off the bat, if they're thinking about it and doing something else. And that's a really great place where I can be direct with these customers, but I've never seen like the, such a need. Usually in my executive conversations, like it's very, very direct and you know, tit for tat. Don't add anything else to your sentences. Um, but even across the organization now, it's, it's becoming even more direct. Why? Because buyers are probably multitasking life and work, right? And so they need the directness. And I think also they don't have the same budget, right? And people are buying to solve a problem or they're not buying at all. So the, the fluffy and the nice to have and the bells and whistles don't matter as much as this is, I have a hole and I need to plug it. And yeah. can you plug it? And, and the whole like, you know, maybe I am taking my dog for a walk or my baby is crying or, you know, what, or I'm cooking dinner or whatever. So yeah, I think being more direct and that's interesting. And I think I'm curious to see how that um, will play out post COVID. Are we going to be more direct salespeople and will we actually sh like shore up our sales process by being more direct and, and, and just selling to the point that that could be an interesting thing to watch. I, I think there's an opportunity for that. And I, I think the other thing too, I see that's interesting as well is, you know, our company is trying to figure out how to manage COVID mm. and they're like, people are crowdsourcing ideas for what does marketing look like? How do we get to our buyers? And, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure every company is probably having that conversation right now, sure. including our buyers. Yep. For sure. And, your buyers are. And yeah. And so on, on the flip side, I need to make sure to surface an opportunity for them to look good to their peers. If mm -hmm. I have something that can help them do that. And I'm finding that people are more open to that conversation. Mm -hmm. If I'm just like, Hey, I know COVID is changing a lot of things and you all are probably thinking about initiatives to help the business over the next six months. Mm -hmm. Companies are using contentful to do one, two, three, want to chat. Yeah. People are more open to that conversation. I think, one of the things that is working is, is talking about what are you doing over the next six months? What happened to your business over the last three months? Mm -hmm. What has the conversation been over the last four weeks? And what are you doing now? Right. Yeah. 
And by just time capping some of those questions, um, it's been really helpful for people to codify. They're like, oh yeah, that email went out to our company or I was at this meeting and my manager, my director, my VP or whoever said this, that, or the other. And so I think, you know, something that is kind of working is just asking some of those questions over a time horizon. Yeah. Getting a lot more depth. Yeah. That's really interesting because that's, that's such a key sell, selling skill to begin with, but now it has to be honed. And one of the things that I, that I noticed in this pandemic, it's, there's, there's no room for bad sales. It's either you're going to do good sales or you're not going to sell. So it's really kind of going back to the basics, but the buyer is kind of playing along now because they're, they can think, they can see the, the delta of pre-COVID, COVID, last week, this week, next week, and what I need to do in the next six months by what I know. And so it's kind of having both of those kind of working together, the puzzle pieces kind of all coming back together. That being said, what skills do you think you need to hone more or to leverage more today in the way you sell than pre-COVID? So you, you probably just heard my dog bark. So welcome to the, to the house. And the new reality, right? Uh, skills, skills that I think are really important, you know, in, in the world of unknowns, I think it is important to go back to the things that you know will make you successful. What are those consistencies that you can go back to? It's kind of like in yoga, when you go back to your yoga breath, you know, at any point in time, when you're not there, you got to go back to that thing mm. that you know works, those consistencies, and then add on. Mm. So at least in, in my world, I've had to go back to prospecting and back to even reselling some of our current customers that I have. Mm. And so when I go back to prospecting, what does that mean? That means I have to research the account. That means I have to research their business, what is happening with them. And I think the research has actually been you know, really helpful for how I prepare and make valuable time for these customers. Yeah. And, you know, one skill that, you know, I think is that I, I need to work on is making sure people attend some of these calls. Right. And, you know, one thing that you can do for that is to send, send the invite out, of course, a few days before the meeting or a day before resend the agenda. Here's what we're going to go through. Does everyone want to do this after the meeting recap it like, really being clear with all of those steps that you're taking the customer through yeah, and making sure you're staying top of mind and that they're engaged in that conversation. Really controlling the process and, and leading the buyer, I think is what I hear you saying. Yeah. And I mean, as a terrible salesperson, you know, you get lazy on some of those sure, things, sure. Know, right? Like yep. I'm doing a thousand things and oh, they'll just show up to that call. Yeah. But no, I, I got to put in the extra five minutes to research like, oh, your company announced this this week. Looking forward to chatting about that. Mm -hmm. Here's the agenda. This is what we're going to go over. If you want me to add anything, now's the time to let me know so I can prepare. Yeah. That's really interesting that you say that because I think it's one of the things that I notice that as people move up in the sales roles, you know, we start out, uh, if you're to start on an SDR or BDR role, you're, you're doing prospecting and outreach. And then as you move up, especially as you end up as a strategic group like you are today, you do that less and less. And yet it's probably the most important sales skill you could have. And it, we're forced to go back to it. It's the prospecting and then really controlling the process, right? And leading the buyer. And I think to your point about like selling, sending out the invite, 
But then again, if my baby started crying, do I even remember, is, is it, am I sitting in front of my computer that it's popping up? So what am I doing to make sure that it's, it's top of mind for the buyer? Maybe I'm texting them and say, hey, just want to make sure 10 o'clock still works for you or whatever. So what I think I hear you saying is like going back to the basics and doing the things that we have gotten lazy or didn't have to do as much and now become you know, ultimately important to be able to, to navigate through any sale at all. Right. And ultimately, yeah. what you're also talking about is selling the value, right? Where you're like, what's happening in the last six months? What's happening in the last three months? What's, what are you looking forward for the next three months? Is really solving the problem that you can solve, that they can actually see that. Yeah, I mean, and yeah. showing that throughout the entire process. Yeah. And remembering to like those fundamentals of like email before, email after, like call yeah. between. How do this you what we talked about. Plan? How can I make you look good on this upcoming meeting? Like yeah. you bringing me into this and introducing me to these new people. Like that yeah. hygiene, I would call that, there's like prospecting and there's hygiene. I think hygiene is that other yeah. piece um, that I've been thinking about. And again, I, I'm do as I say, not as I do, because I'm not doing any of this. To the oh, please. You hit your, you hit your quota in a very tough quarter. I'm thinking you're doing some of it at least. And I know how you sell. So are you seeing more executive buyers join calls or more CFOs join calls? And if so, is it happening earlier or, or is you not seeing that impact at all? Oh man, I'm, I'm seeing this a lot. You are? Yeah. The, I mean, uh, my buyers, this, this is also something in this, this might be a little bit of the skill set piece, but what I'm seeing within um, my deals right now is, you know, you have your, your champion and, you know, some people that you're familiar with in your deals, but there's way more people behind it and they're not talking anymore. Mm. You're, your buyer, your champion that you like sync up with before and after calls and have a good relationship with, you don't know that they're talking to those other people in, in the deals. Mm. And a, a ton, at least in my deals, I'm having now CFOs and yeah. even boards approve wow. transactions. Yeah, I, wow. I have this one customer that um, every purchase right now has to go through their board. Like they're, wow. they're hurting their, their businesses uniquely affected by COVID and uh, they, every purchase they make is going through their board. And so I have to sit there with each one of my buyers. So right now, simultaneously, I have five sales cycles going with this one particular customer. And I have to sit with each of those customers and say, Hey, look, I worked with your procurement and your board on the approval of this last transaction that we did. So here's what worked with that transaction. Here's what we need to do together for your business case that needs to be communicated up and is going to be passed into this roundtable conversation. So here's the five slides that you need to put together, the ROI that you're calculating that and what you believe that we're going to achieve here. And so that process has been brutal. And, and the thing that is worse about it too is, you know, I'm, this company in particular was uniquely affected by COVID. So their CFOs and their board are approving decisions, which means they don't have a lot of money to spend right now either. Yeah. So you're yeah. doing all this work for potentially a small deal because they don't have as many dollars to now go spend. Yeah. But you know, that said, I think that the, the point to drive home here is there's a lot more scrutiny on transactions that are sure. happening, what people are going to get out. Sure. And I love what you're doing is that you're helping the buyer have that conversation with CFO because they might not be comfortable with it. Right. And CFOs think in dollars and cents and in ROIs. And, 
and you know we tend to think in powerpoints and so how do we allow that that buyer to kind of have that conversation with the board who may not really understand what it is that you do to begin with but they're watching every single penny and into your point they may be spending less now but they're going to remember that you help them navigate through this and when they can spend more they probably will but it, so it sounds to me like again going back to your hygiene and going back to your basics and what i hear that you're doing and i love is you're you're partnering with the buyer and you're helping them to sell internally up because i think they're having to work much harder to sell internally up and whether and it sounds like you're having some of those conversations yourself whereas normally in in many cases the champion or your buyer is going to sell up now you're on the phone with that person or you're on the phone with the board or you're on the phone with the cfo so i think that's when you kind of go back to the skills piece i think we have to make sure that salespeople know how to do that and are comfortable to be able to do that and we can bring the buyer along with us and make it make it a partnership for the buyer and then they need to keep you around right because your, your competitor might not be doing that or yeah. might or they might not be able to connect the dots on how what you're offering them can solve a problem today and is worth them spending money today and to make that argument to the board to the cfo or to whoever is going to be making that decision that's really interesting to hear so all that being said obviously you know there's a lot it's a lot, it's very difficult and there's a lot going on in the sales process. So I'm gonna talk about different stakeholders that are there to support the selling team and kind of like what you think you need from them. So let's start with your remote team. You mentioned earlier how you don't necessarily have that same benefit of having people in HQ. So what, what do you need from your remote team to be able to be successful in this environment? Yeah, this, this is tough because like we're, we're not doing this great at, at our company. So I, I have, colleagues and counterparts, right? I have, you know, other strategic AEs that um, I work with and, you know, we're all in a Slack group together with, and then I work with the solutions engineer and then a, and then a post sales team with customer success and stuff. And uh, yeah, I, I think with those teams, what we need first is a very coherent strategy and ownership of who owns what today. You used to be able to sit in an office or and just be like, hey, can you do this? I'm gonna do this. Mm. You take X, I'll take Y. Even though Y is usually your job, I'll take it for this one and yeah. get this over here. And so I think, you know, from the remote team perspective, it, it kind of trickles to leadership, even across, you know, sales and in post sales, like a strong partnership with those organizations to communicate who owns what, where along the customer buying and implementation or whatever it is process post-sale. And so I think that piece needs to be like made really, really clear today because maybe you, like over communicating between the different account team members. Yeah. It's, it's gotta be over communicated because you know, when you're in an office, like you're human and your colleagues are humans and you yeah. get to talk about things. And even if you are a remote team, but if you went to a customer to present, you sat down in the hotel the night before or whatever, right? You rehearsed it or you, you planned together and then you're walking in together to the meeting, whereas now you're not able to do that either. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, sales, I mean, um, from the remote team too, like, I think there needs to be time for collaboration, time, time for chatting, time for the, for the, you know, the water fountain talk sure. you don't get that anymore you know you yeah. get you know all the all the stuff that comes with working remote and only working with the people that are in your house or living quarters and whoever yeah. it may be and pets and so yeah you, you have to have people that you can kind of like riff with and talk about how things are going with 
uh, during this process that understand what you're going through sure, that sure. you can relate to. So you're and also not, show that you're not crazy, right? Or that you're both crazy. <laughs> I mean, know? yeah, exactly. Yeah. 18 times a day, I definitely feel like, oh my God, yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm the only yeah. person screwing this right. up. Right. right. Yeah. And when you're in the office, you don't, you don't do that, right? Yeah. You, talk, you look at the person next to you, you're like, oh, you just got owned and that was a really bad slide that we never should have put out there okay right. good like yeah or wow you had a great slide can i have it too so yeah i think that that's important what about sales leadership yeah sales leadership i think um you know i i have a heart for sales leadership right they're in the same position that we are yeah they have they got a report to the ceo and then the board and everybody has their numbers um and i think we're what I see in sales leadership, maybe from a few different organizations is a little, panic is not the right word. There's a lot of new initiatives mm. being thrown around. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes whimsically, sometimes strategically mm -hmm. in how to get things done. Yeah. And, you know, I think for, for sales leadership, like they need to be folks that are going to, you know, one, maintain a level of consistency for what they're going to ask the organization to do and, and make those bets and, and mm -hmm. stick to those bets. Leave, leave some room to adjust. Yeah. But let those initiatives play themselves out. There, there's a reason why, you know, sales leadership came up with those initiatives and why we thought they were a good idea at the time. Like, let's let those things play out before we, you know, throw eight more things at the wall. Yeah. And give it enough time to see that it actually really work, right? Because we're we're switching, we're shifting so quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And and look, I I get it. Sales leadership also have their numbers just like ADs do. Um, but I think there is some room to be a little bit more human with our with our buyers too. Yeah. A little bit more human with what's going on on the other side. Interesting. And, they're a little bit more removed from that, right? So they're not feeling it. That's very interesting. And remembering that you all are human. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like we're, we're human too. Like, look, there's, there's things going on in the world that are, are kind of messed up. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> that might acknowledge when we're going out there and yeah. fighting a good fight of getting, trying to get dollars with our customers and get them to invest and focus on us. And it's a wild, you know, world that we're in right now in this current state. So I think, you know, humanizing that piece and recognizing that everybody's in a different environment um is good and yeah yeah i mean and that's where i think you know on the other side too this is where their partnership i think with sales enablement mm. and we're going to transition to what are you need from sales enablement so let's we can kind of go the partnership start from there and then talk about that yeah i i, I can't i can't tell sales leadership to not push us right like that's yeah. their job that's what sure yeah that's what they're there to do and that's where i think you know, you can kind of use sales enablement within this time to almost be that, I don't want to say emotional, but kind of that consistent layer of like, hey, what are those fundamentals that we want to coach everybody on? Mm. What are those core elements that the entire organization needs to be uh, enabled on that we need to be there with? And also too, like, look, I, I'm an AE. I'm not going to go to my manager and be like, hey, I I have no idea how I'm going to hit my number right now. Like the opportunities aren't there. My buyers may or may not be in terrible situations at the moment on the personal level. Like I, I don't want to go to my manager or VP with that. Right. 
And so I think there's an opportunity for sales enablement to be kind of that layer of like, I can go to sales enablement and be like, Hey, real. Yeah. Right. Like you're not going to, you're not going to sit there and tell me to kick rocks and go figure it out. Like right. you're probably going to say, okay, well, how, how can we think about this? Yeah. And you know, is this consistent across many deals? If it yeah. is like, do we need to turn this, do we need to think a little bit more strategically about this and do something about it in a different way? Yeah. And that's where I think this partnership with sales enablement actually becomes a little bit more stronger than it may have in the past. Mm. I think it's really important what you're saying, because I think I've always looked at sales enablement as kind of like that bridge between sales and, and sales leadership, right? And so, and we, we are a very, very trusted group, because to your point, we're not going to say, well, you know, hit your quota. We're going to say, right, how can, what do you need to be able to hit your quota, but also be able to hear it from you and hear it from the next day and the next day, and then come back to leadership and say, this is the trend that we're seeing and how can we help them? And also what are the resources? So I think one of the things that I appreciate about being in sales enablement is that trusted space that we have with our sales, with our salespeople. But I think what I'm hearing from you is that it becomes even more important right now. And then also taking that back to the leadership team and making sure that we're giving them resources. And to kind of take it back to what you said earlier, I think sales enablement needs to think about is like, how do we make sure that, that people are set up to sell at home in the home environment that they're in with all the realities of what's going on that are so out of the control of the world from, you know, how many roommates do you have? Do you have a crying baby? Do you have a, a six-year-old that has to learn math to, you know, are you, are you afraid of, you know, are you a hypochondriac to begin with? And now you're dealing with, you know, the reality of, of having to wash your hands every 10 minutes to your buyer has no money. Right. So like, what are we doing to, you know, do you have, do you have a desk set up? Right. Do you have a background for your zoom so that they don't have to see your cat walk across the, 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 you know, or how do you handle it if the cat does walk across, you know, the, the, the screen. So I think all those things enablement can really be thinking about, and it just kind of ups our, responsibility to both leadership, the company and the sales, the selling team itself. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I love that you said kind of even the physical enablement because there is some physical enablement. Now I can't tell you how long it took me to like figure out what monitor I needed or this desk, like what was the right desk. And I hate shopping. Like my least favorite thing to do because I'm the the king of buyer's remorse. (laughs) If I just had like somebody be like, yeah, these are like the three monitors you have the opportunity to buy. These, yeah. these are the three recommended desks. Here's what you need to get set up on. Here are the things you're not thinking about that you should probably have at home. Yeah. Uh, I know we're doing it. We take for granted that's in the office. Exactly. Like, yeah. you know, th- this is so cheesy. I know we're on podcasts, but I have a massive whiteboard next to me because I, yeah, no, I love it. I need that. Yeah. But, so I think that those <laughs> physical elements are pretty interesting, but then there's, a ton of other things that come to mind, like beyond the physical uh, sales enablement, which I'd never thought of before pre-COVID, to be mm-hmm. totally honest with you. The, uh, the other things too is there is a lot of different initiatives happening at, at organizations right now. Marketing is coming out with initiatives that the marketing function is, and then you have sales that are coming up with their own initiatives and then you have customer success and post sales that are coming up with their initiatives and ultimately, and sometimes even product, right? Products like, do we need to readjust some of our product roadmap? And, you know, being an AE, you're usually the center point in the central contact for the customer and you represent the customer and you need to represent the customer internally. Yeah. And all these people 
are, are, are doing their due diligence. They, they want to talk to you. They want to talk to your customer and they're coming up with all these initiatives. But a lot of times you get like three different mm. initiatives from different organizations coming at you. And I think, yeah. you know, my hope and what I've actually really appreciated from our sales enablement org is they seem to be the buffer mm. and mm. have at least some level of knowledge of what's happening in some of these other places. And so I think, you know, while all of these different organizations are trying to enable salespeople to hit numbers, which everybody is trying to do, communicating and having that relationship with sales enablement to be that buffer and filter for what is most important. You can only run so many initiatives at once, right? And salespeople like, you know, we're, we're, we failed math. Like we're not that smart. We can only, (laughs) we can only do like three things and that's it. There's no room for anything else. And so I think sales enablement really needs to be that source of truth. Yeah. What we're doing versus what we're not. Yeah. That's really interesting because that's something that I always took very, very seriously as a sales enablement leader. And I know that, you know, Andrew, who's your head of hazard, who's your sales enablement leader. I know he takes that very seriously is even pre COVID is what else is on the salesperson's head and be every team thinks they need to train on this or give this resource. And, and even, you know, pre pandemic is it, if it's Q4, we're not doing it or, and, and really, or there's way too many meetings on the salesperson's desk. I, I was working with a client and, and they were really struggling to get a team enabled. And I looked at one of their, their, their AE's calendars and I was like, when do they have time to sell? Like there's way too many meetings, like just cut down on meetings. And that's an enablement function is really looking at the full picture of what's happening for the salesperson. And now what I'm hearing you saying, it's even more important. They have to be the one who's kind of like bridging that gap between any other department and saying to the other departments, let's prioritize these things. This initiative sounds good. The salespeople can't deal with that right now. And to kind of even move, you know, the conversation along, what I'm hearing from salespeople is I just want to sell. I just let me sell. And at the same time, you need things from enablement or from the team to be able to sell. So like how, one of the questions that I have that I've been thinking a lot about is how do we do this, right? How do we allow the salesperson to just sell, but also make sure they have all the information and the knowledge and resources they need to be able to just sell. So what I think I'm hearing from you, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on that, but what I'm hearing from you is sales enablement really needs to be the eyes and the ears of the sales team right now and the protector of the sales team and also the prioritization and then go to the other organizations, whether it's leadership, sales leadership, success, product, whoever, and say, this is our story and we're sticking to it, knowing that we may need to pivot and change because you know things might happen overnight, but at the same time, really taking into account everything else that's on the salesperson's head. And, you know, like you just mentioned, you know, you, you recently closed out your quarter. Now's a good time to do like maybe a skills development. I wouldn't have done it last week or the week before because you were closing out the quarter, right? So somebody in its enablement, it's on enablement's responsibility to be thinking like that. And then being that evangelist and that advocate for the salesperson to say, they just need to be able to sell or they've already, we've already changed this other initiative, right? I mean, totally. Like, I heard it in, in the intro, right? You say enablement exists to accelerate the productivity yep. of revenue generation teams. Like, and, and that's right. There's so, there, there's so many different meetings. There's so many different initiatives. There's so many meetings to come up with those initiatives, yeah. right? Yeah. And we really just need as salespeople a filter yeah. of what, what we actually need. And we need to know what are the three things. I, I can't do five I can't yeah. do seven. Like, what are the three things that we are definitely focusing on? Because yeah. if it's more than that, you know, it's definitely going to cut into time. And in terms of 
you know, how we get that information. I think you mentioned this in the first part of the, the question was like, how, how do you actually do that, right? And I think there's probably a few different ways that I'm starting to see, like one is on demand, mm. right? On demand being like, do you have a learning management software where we can record some videos or, you know, for different features that are coming out or marketing wants to run this type of initiative and, you know, what's it going to be? The, the video content I think is really engaging for people. Yep. And people watch it, especially when it's your colleagues. Yep. And it's on demand. You can watch it at the end of the day. You can Whatever. watch it at five o'clock in the morning if you'd like. Yeah. Um, Especially now that you can't bring people together in person, it becomes right. even more important. Yeah. And then I think there's uh, an element of, you know, like webinar style training where you have colleagues. And I think that's kind of the transfer of ownership piece where you talk about it. Hey, mm -hmm. you all, like we went over these videos, like what do you think about it to make it your own? you know like or what's worked what hasn't and so there's there is an element of like how do we do this in person for 60 minutes every thursday that's mm. you know dedicated to this thing so we can have consistency in that you know the last thing that any salesperson wants is like random meetings being put on their calendar yeah. and you know you don't know when and don't have control of your calendar and then you know i think one thing that also uh, really helps is and Andrew does a really good job of this and it's actually my favorite thing that it makes my week every week is he runs a newsletter here are the things I love that. That you, you need to know about Contentful yeah it's I love that. super clean and then he goes here are the things that you should be thinking about outside of Contentful it, with articles of like how to manage your time while working at home from yeah. our friends over at HBR like there's because there's so much of like how can we sit there and just only think about the technology that we're selling? Yeah. And there's a whole world of things happening too. And so I, I think that asynchronous note that we get that mixes, what are the things we need to focus on for selling our technology and doing that job? And also like, how do you just skill yourself yeah. smarter about your day-to-day -day life beyond that will enable you to do those sales things? How often does that come out once a week? That comes out once a week or once every two weeks. Once every, yeah. 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 So uh, often enough that it's, that it's um, give, keeping you top of mind, but not overwhelming to have to eat it every day or whatever. Yeah. Totally. And it kind of kind of goes to this other piece, which is, I mean, that's an aggregation yep. of, of things of, that are most important from like sales, the initiatives from marketing, that kind of stuff that we should be aware of. But I also think there's an opportunity for, sales enablement to be the aggregator today of what's working versus not working mm, in the market. Mm, mm. Like as a remote rep, as all of the reps are remote, you don't have the talk of what's going well, what's not yeah. like part of me would love to know like what's working with reps versus what's not and to talk yeah. about that. Cause you don't really take time to talk about that a lot. And I think sales enablement could be the aggregator of that yeah. kind of information. Especially if they're using like call intelligence technology or even if not listening in on calls, they can get that data, but make sure they're reporting it out. And maybe even what I'm hearing is, you know, do more deal reviews than you used to do or tear, you know, deal teardowns maybe once a week or once every other week, even just bring everybody together and everybody share what's happening. Cause you said something earlier, like you're, you're sitting alone in your house and you're like, I'm, I feel like I'm crazy, but the next day is feeling the same way. And even just kind of, but I tried this and it worked or I tried that and it didn't work. This could be so much learning and maybe even just, 
uh, bringing that all together. And even like the successes of, I said this to, to CFO and it really resonated. Why don't you try that? Um, because this is a new skill that we want to have. It may be a good time to even just have communities of practice coming together and doing things like that, which might not be the traditional sales enablement, but, and, and even, even talked about, you know, using learning management system. So if I'm in sales enablement and I hear a really good call, I should be posting it up to the learning management system and telling the rest of the team, Hey, listen to Taylor's call. It was really good. You know, he was able to accomplish X, Y, Z. How can you apply it to your pipeline? Right. So kind of trying to take uh, the place of what would happen in the water cooler that's not happening today they can actually be that and also be looking at the data. That's actually really, really interesting things that we could be thinking about in sales enablement. So I'm so happy that we had this conversation. I, it was so such a privilege to hear your perspective. And I think what I'm reminded of is A, the importance and the benefit that sales enablement has always been here to support, but is even more important today and even more critical. And then from a sales perspective, just kind of going back to basics, right? Going back to the fundamentals and being human is the most important thing. Before we kind of wrapped up, I'd love to get your perspective on the current reality, even outside of the, of the real world. Like, what, do you, what is one thing that you think will change for the better as a result of our shared experience that we're all having here? I, I think people are gonna be more human and I'm mm -hmm. seeing it. Um, I'm, I'm doing less, um, less of the traditional norms that you would go through on a call Hey, everybody, we'll wait for everybody to be here. Please wait at the beep. Like, oh, cool background. Like, what do yeah. you have going on? Like, there is there's a very real human element that I think is going to be, um, it's going to be more and more common as we yeah. go on. And I think in that world, you're going to need to be able to be uh, pretty direct with people. It'll open you up to be more direct with people and just yeah. ask those questions yeah. that you would normally ask a friend or colleague. Yeah. And you kind of have to like, you know, sugarcoat a bit when you're talking to an executive or somebody, somebody yeah. like that. It's really interesting because one of the, the tips that I give salespeople from selling remotely is do not say we're going to wait for everybody to join the call because when you do that, the person starts texting, they start multitasking, and then you can't get their attention back. So be prepared with, you know, the break, icebreaker type things and talk about the background, talk about the CAC, talk about the shared experience, keep them engaged, don't lose them until everybody else gets there. And then, then when everybody else gets there, you start your, your thing. One of the biggest pieces of advice from people do not say we'll wait for everybody to get it doesn't work and take that into the post-covid world right mm -hmm. and then also i'm finding it interesting like you're saying is that that shared humanity no matter who you're talking to when you talk to the cfo you know what he or she is human too right and yes they're there to watch the dollars and cents of their organization but they're human beings that are going through the same bs that we're going through right now and they're going to be a lot more likely to be open to spending dollars with you if they can see you as a human being and not at some salesperson that's just asking them for money. So that's really insightful. Thank you so much for taking your time today. Congratulations on a great quarter. I want to wish you a great second half of the year. And I think that this, from all the conversations I've had, this was the one that I was waiting for and I feel is going to be so valuable for people to hear because this is why we exist, right? To support people like yourself and to help companies to be successful, even in very, very difficult times. And then taking it into as time gets more normal. So thank you so much for your perspective and for taking the time to do this. Yeah, anytime. And thank you for training me. If anybody's listening, it's all because I was trained by oh, Rob at some that's, point. That's not true. You can, you can bring a horse to order. You can't make them drink. So, <laughs> uh, so I'm not going to take all credit there, but I do appreciate you saying that. Awesome. Thank you, Taylor. Yeah, anytime, Roz. As we close out today's episode, we would like to thank 
purpleplanet.com for our music production and we thank you for listening we encourage you to get in touch with us with any requests for future topics any questions that you have or just to say hello we can be found at level213.com that's l-e-v-e-l and then the digits 213.com or you can always find us on linkedin as well have a great day